Welcome to another episode of Hold Fast, where we have biblical truths for daily battles. My name is Kenny. I'm the host of the podcast, and I want to kick things off today by rocking the boat a little bit. Um, The whole episode today is going to dive into some topics that I think more and more Christians are really afraid to talk to one another about. And we could go into all the reasons that I think that is, but that's not necessarily the best use of our time. Um, So I want to read a passage from Ephesians. I'm going to read Ephesians 5, 1, all the way through verse 11, and we'll probably move back through it a little bit more slowly, capturing some of the highlights out of this passage. But I want to just acknowledge here up front that I think we should all be able to agree, all of us being Christ followers who, who would say that we are in Christ, we've repented from our sin and turned to Jesus, I think that we would all agree that we're supposed to be different from the world. Like something is supposed to be different about us, right? I don't think that's a very controversial statement or it shouldn't be within and among evangelicals. However, I think the lines have been blurred more and more and more. You've heard me talk about before, a lot of Christians wanna say, well, we just need to love God and love others and that just needs to be it. That's all we need to think about. But we really need to be willing to talk about what does it mean to love our neighbors and and what does it mean to love God? What does it mean to love God? Because it's not just a matter of, I feel all this emotion uh, toward the Lord for what he's done for me. That That's great, that's a good thing, but that's not that's not all encompassing of what it means to love God. Jesus was very clear that if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That that statement is is shows up several times in scripture in one form or another. Jesus said it, uh, John said it many times in the letter of 1 John. If you love God, you'll keep his commandments. And if you were to say that statement to many Christians, just if you love God, then keep his commandments, I think a lot of Christians would get upset and they'd say, no, 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 you're being legalistic. Well, was Jesus being legalistic when he said that? Obviously, we're not suggesting that, that that's how you earn your salvation. We know that we are saved through the finished work of Christ alone, and and we know that we can never earn it. And so please understand, I'm not suggesting that in any of the things that I'm saying today. However, if you wanted to say, okay, we need to just love God and love others, that's how we need to live, there's many passages in scripture that that flesh that out for us. What does that look like? And more importantly, a lot of times the Bible tells us what what does that not look like? If we're gonna walk in love toward God and others, what are some of the things that we are not supposed to do? How are we not supposed to live and how are we not supposed to look like the world? So the passage that, really struck me was Ephesians chapter five, as I said, verses one through 11. I wanna read it in its entirety because I think that it's really easy to understand and grasp on the surface. And it's one of those that we will break down as we go, but I just want you to capture the whole of what Paul is saying here. Paul says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were 
darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what's pleasing to the Lord. Here's the last verse. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Now, in these 11 verses, we find some of some of these things that, that would be controversial, not just in the world, but even among Christians today. When we talk about crude joking, when we talk about covetousness, when we talk about sexual immorality, or at least some forms of sex, sexual immorality, that's something that can be controversial among even those who have professed to be Christians. And Paul's very clear here. He says, look, I want you to walk in love as Christ loved us, but you need to understand what that doesn't look like. It doesn't look like sexual morality or impurity or covetousness. It doesn't look like filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking. These things are out of place. They're not proper for the saints. Instead, it looks like, he says, thanksgiving. Instead, it looks like walking in holiness and walking in the light because the fruit of the light, in verse nine, he says, is found in all that is good and right and true. And so I wanna analyze a few of these things that Paul lists here that, that should not even be named among you. Number one, sexual morality. Now, this is probably where I'm gonna rock the boat the most in this podcast, and, and I may do some further podcasts fleshing out some of these a little bit more, but, but the works of sexual immorality is anything outside of, any, anything in regards to sexual Im- intimacy or sexual acts that is outside of one man, one woman in a in a covenant in the covenant relationship of marriage. Anything outside of that relationship is sexual immorality. And the Bible defines that very very clearly. And yet, you have so many people who are struggling with sexual immorality on many fronts, whether it is in our culture of homosexual relationships or maybe it is pornography or maybe maybe it's constantly living in the the lusts of your thoughts and intentions toward other men or other women, whatever that may be, that's sexual immorality. And Paul says it should not even be named among you. And yet, there's been more and more tolerance given to these things in Christian circles. They've been named not sins, but struggles, right? And, and we wanna be sensitive, we wanna be full of grace and love. I'm not suggesting that we turn into legalistic people who just cast everybody out who has a struggle. But I do think that we need to be clear about the things that the Bible is clear about. And the Bible, Paul says, it shouldn't even be named among you. It's not proper among the saints. This is how the world lives. This is how those who walk in darkness live. This is not how those who are in the light are supposed to live. Impurity, which relates to sexual immorality, but that, that word impurity really can relate to any, any act of wickedness. I mean, you can almost throw anything into the category of impurity, right, that has to do with sin, because all sin is impurity or covetousness. Now, here's one that, that I think we would all, to some degree, say is wrong, but it's something that we all, I think, to one degree or another, struggle with. We want what other people have. We're not content with the lives that we have, not just even our possessions, but our relationships. We look at somebody's marriage and and what we see is what they portray outwardly and what we see is what they put on social media and we think to ourselves, if only my marriage were like that, if only my kids behaved that way, if only my job was that fun, if only I made as much money as them and could do all of the things that they do, if only I could have that too. 
It's not contentment. Paul says it shouldn't even be named among you. And let's not forget that he's putting this in the same sentence as something like sexual immorality. And so for, so, for some of us, we would put sexual immorality on this, on this plane of saying, well, yeah, there's some things there that are really, really bad, but covetousness, I mean, come on, like, is it really that bad? And Paul says, yeah, it, it shouldn't even be named among you. Don't let there be filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking. There's, there's something that I think a lot of people really struggle with. Crude joking, not, not even just jokes that have um, inappropriate sexual innuendos, but, but joking at another's expense. And, and we, we, we make fun of things that ultimately are sinful. God forbid that we are entertained by and, and humored by the very things that Christ shed his blood for. And please understand that I am talking to myself. I think one of the areas that we maybe, we struggle heavily with this, many of us, is in the entertainment that we consume. Are we allowing ourselves to be entertained by things that are sinful and wrong? And we excuse it away and we go, well, I'm not, I'm not doing it, but you know, it's, it's there, that's happening on the screen. I'm not really participating in that. My conscience is stronger than yours. Paul says these things should not even be named among you. Don't let them be among you. They're out of place. Instead, let there be thanksgiving. And then he goes on, he says something even stronger in verse five, and he says, for you may be sure of this, in, in case you're wondering just how serious this is, and I apologize for the trains, no matter how many times I record an episode, one is gonna go by. No matter when I do it, a train's gonna go by, so you're just gonna have to deal with those with me. Um, he, he says, in case you wonder just how serious I am, in verse five, be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Again, let's take the totality of scripture here. Paul's not saying if you commit these sins, you lose your salvation or you can't be saved. He's saying that the people who live these lifestyles don't inherit the kingdom of God. These things are characteristics of those who are not in Christ, but you are in Christ, don't live that way. Because when you live that way, you're living as one who has no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. So who deceives us? Well, first of all, the world deceives us and Satan deceives us, right, into thinking that these things aren't that bad. But now that deception is even creeping into the church and you've got pastors out there who are, who are lessening the language of scripture and they're saying, you know, I, I don't, these are just struggles that people have and, and you're, you're, just, you're just a little bit broken and you're struggling with these things and I know you got some guilt and they're afraid to call out sin but Paul says this is, this is why the wrath of God is coming upon the earth is for sins like these and you're gonna be, be half-hearted about it and say that it's not a big deal. How dare you? If you're gonna be imitators of God and walk as beloved children and walk in love, then these things can't be named among you. Otherwise, you're not walking in love. Otherwise, you're not walking as a beloved child of God. Instead, you are in the light. At one time you were in darkness, but don't forget that Christ has redeemed you and set you free from these things. You are a child of the light, therefore walk as children in the light. And he defines that for us. The fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. All of the things that we see in God's word about what it means to walk in goodness and righteousness and truth. That's what it means to walk in the light and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. And, and, and this is a big verse here because you know what we do? We get up to verse 10, right? And we say, okay, 
So no sexual morality, no covetousness, no uh, filthy talking and crude joking. Okay, okay, where's the line, right? What, what, do, what, what is it that I have to not do in order to avoid sin? Like, how far can I go with some of these things? Like, what is crude joking? I mean, can I, can I tell a little joke over here that kind of is a little bit crude, but in the right context is okay? And, and can I have a little bit of sexual morality, but as long as I'm not committing full-blown adultery, it's okay? And, and, and I mean, can I just have some struggles with some of these things? Can I just be human and be one of the guys or, or, or one of the girls or however you wanna view it and just, just loosen up a little bit? Can't I do that? Paul says, no, 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 don't think that way. Don't think about what, what do I need to avoid in order not to sin. Instead, try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. And, and first and foremost here, it's pleasing to the Lord to avoid these things, but more than that, how can you live in love? How can you walk in righteousness? What are the things that you can do that do please the Lord? Instead of asking, well, what, what, do, I not, what do I need to avoid in order to, dis, to not displease the Lord? I'm tripping up over my own words here. What, do I need to, what line do I not need to cross to avoid displeasing the Lord? And Paul says, no, no, no. Try to seek to know how you can please the Lord and take no part. Here's the last verse. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Understand that all of these works that Paul has listed off here, they're unfruitful. They may gain temporary pleasures, but that fades. That doesn't have fruit that remains in your life. They're unfruitful works of darkness. And not only does Paul say, take no part in these things, he says in the last statement there in verse 11, instead, expose them. Expose them, call them out, right? Don't be willing to just sit back and tolerate these things in your life. First and foremost, expose them in your own heart. Expose them in your own life. Be willing to, to call out sin and repent from sin in your own life and then love your brothers and sisters in Christ enough to expose them in their lives as well and to call them to repentance and remind them of the joy that's found in Christ when we walk in his love and his light and his holiness. I said at the beginning, I, I think this episode may rock the boat a little bit. And I'm not, I'm not doing this to, to make anybody feel shame or guilt. I'm actually doing this in the hope of exposing the unfruitful works of darkness, like Paul says, so that you can be led to the light, so that you can be led to repentance. Because Paul goes on, and in verse 14, he says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Do you want Christ to shine on you and shower you with his love and his grace? Then wake up from your sleep, wake up from the dead through repentance and faith in Christ and let the light of Christ shine on you. Expose the works of darkness in your life and walk in the light. Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Let us understand that we have been called out of this world. Yes, we're still in the world, but we are called to be distinct from the world. We're called to walk in holiness. That holiness is a set-apartness, set apart from the, the world and the deeds and works of the world. And yes, we're gonna be called goody-two-shoes and holier than thou, and we're gonna be laughed at and mocked more and more as our culture goes on. We're even gonna be hated for it because we're gonna be called intolerant of some of these things, and we're gonna, we're, we're gonna be told that we're not loving by being by calling out sin all of that's going to be true and I'm not saying that it's going to be easy but I'm saying that the works of darkness are unfruitful and I'm saying that to walk in the light is where true joy and peace are found 
And that's what it means to live as beloved children and to walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Let us not make light of the things for which Christ shed his blood for. Instead, let us expose those works in our own lives, first and foremost, so that we would not be hypocrites calling out sin in others that we're not willing to call out in ourselves, but that we would then love our brothers and sisters in Christ enough to expose them as well. And maybe one final word here, um, because I don't want you to misunderstand a portion of this. I was very specific when I said that we should love our brothers and sisters in Christ enough to expose these things. Because I think that a lot of Christians think that it's their job to um, list off the specific sins of all of the unbelievers in the world, right? Um, I think that a lot of Christians believe it's their mission to to call out all of the specific sins that unbelievers have when what, we, what we've been called to in the lives of unbelievers is to, is to share the gospel. So yes, we should expose the darkness in our culture and we should expose sin and we should be courageous enough to call out sin and to stand up for what God's word says. I'm 100% for that. But we are called to make disciples, not moralists. So we're not called to get the world to change their mind about certain moral actions that God's law requires. We are called, we are called to, to call the world to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ so that Christ can shine on them and expose these works of darkness in their lives and make them more like himself. Let us not be surprised when the, when the world acts unsaved. Let's not be surprised when the gospel is foolishness to the world. Let us instead be willing to share the gospel in love, in grace, and in truth, in boldness, and watch the light of Christ light up the lives of those that we share it with. And first and foremost, let us be doing that in our own lives. So uh, thank you for listening to this. I know that this may have been a harder to listen to episode because um, I don't know for, for you listening to it, but it's hard for me because I know that I struggle with so much sin and darkness in my own life from day to day that I've got to call out and I've got to expose and I've got to lay at the feet of Jesus. But, but let me maybe encourage you with this last word. This just came to mind as I was wrapping this up. First uh, John has one of my favorite verses in all of scripture, and I hope that I'm going to quote it just right. I think it's First John 2, 1, where John says, um, little children, let us not sin, but when we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Let us strive to not sin and live in the darkness, but, but we're going to. And when we do, the good news is we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Run to him because he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I pray this is encouraging to you. I pray that this, this pushes you to, to expose the work of dark, darkness in your own life and walk in the light of the gospel of Jesus. Um, thanks for listening as always. Share it with your friends. If you think this is helpful on social media, give us a rating or review on, on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That would be incredibly helpful uh, to get the word out about the podcast. And until next week, this has been another episode of Hold Fast. Hope you all have a great rest of your day. God bless.